All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's all right, I've most probably done something wrong here. Let me see. Try again. Church projector. All right, connection successful. Start mirroring, mirroring. Mir 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 Start broadcast. Three, two, one. Ah, oh, look at that. That is so awesome. And, oh, look at that. That is pretty cool, eh? Alrighty. Can I, do I need this one? I don't need that. So I can just move this up here like this. One of these days I'm going to fall off this uh, platform, but that's all right. You can laugh at me. <laughs> Alrighty, well, boys and girls, and those people who are a little bit older than boys and girls, it's good to see you again. Um, good to be back in beautiful, cool Grafton. Now, what's with the weather? I mean, the last couple of years, it's actually been cool. It's normally, it's supposed to be 42 degrees in the shade in Grafton, but it's not. But it's really good to see all the oldies here, and it's also good to see all the little people. We even had some little two and three year olds. I like the crocodile masks. They were really funny. They were good. But today, I want to give us a little message about little things. Little things. You know, God loves little things. Now, if you've got your Bible, turn to uh, Matthew 14, please. Matthew 14. And while you're turning there, I've got to keep my eye on the clock there. While you're turning there, I want to say that God loves little things. Who likes little things? You know, if I have a coffee, I like a little espresso cup, okay? It's got to be, and if I have a cup of tea, you can't have a cup of tea in a mug. That's not right. It's got to be like a, a china cup because it means the tea's stronger in there. So I, like, I do like little things. Um, you know, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot in the Bible about little things. Who remembers the story of Elijah? Elijah in the Bible, and what did he say to the lady? He said, bring me a little cake. Bring me a little cake first. And then, um, and then Jesus taught about the littlest of all seeds. He said it was a mustard seed. It's the tiniest of little seeds, and yet the mustard seed will grow into the greatest of the herbs. And the birds come down when it's grown and, and live in the branches. And then... Um, <clears throat> God, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus talked about the little people. He's, the children were always coming to Jesus. And he said, uh, unless you become like a little child, you're not going to get into the kingdom of heaven. You need to become like a little child. And then, uh, and then again, the Lord Jesus, um, one day he was, um, he was going through and, he, and there was a fellow called Zacchaeus. Who remembers the story of Zacchaeus? What was, what was interesting about Zacchaeus? He was... He was like a jockey, wasn't he? Yeah, the Bible says he was of small stature. He was a little fella. 
Yeah, a little fella. Must, be, must have been terrible down there. But he was just this little fella and he got up in the tree and yet his life was changed. So I think in the Bible, the Lord Jesus has a very special place, had a special place in his heart for little things and little people. Now today's Bible lesson concerns the littlest prayer in the Bible. What have I done there? Alan, that's Alan Mitchell. Could you get on to him, please, and tell him it's... Isn't he going to church? <laughs> I should have answered the phone, eh? <laughs> that would have been funny, so funny. Yeah, I don't... Do they not have church in Victoria? What do they do? They're not seven-day Adventists, are they, or something? Oh, I've got some ammunition. I'm going there next week. I'm going there next week and I have some ammunition. Oh, that is so good. Wow, that's so good. Anyway, what am I talking about here? <clears throat> Today's Bible lesson is about the littlest prayer in the Bible. You know there are little prayers in the Bible? There are. Today we're going to see the littlest prayer in the Bible. Now, here's the Bible story. Where are we? Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, the other side of the lake, Lake Galilee, while he sent the multitudes away. Now, just before we get to here, here's another little thing. Just before we get to this uh, part of Matthew chapter 14, it was the feeding of the 5,000. Who remembers that story? Yeah, when Jesus fed the 5,000. Remember, that was 5,000 men. Could have been 20,000 people. But Jesus fed them, and guess what he fed them with? A little lunch. <laughs> do you have, do they call them little lunch? When I was going to school, we called it play lunch. But I think they call it little lunch now. Well, this little boy, this lad, had just a little lunch, and Jesus fed thousands of people with a little lunch. So Jesus likes little things. He really does. Now, Jesus sent the crowd home, and he told the disciples to go across to the other side of the lake. Jesus himself <coughs> went up into a mountain to pray. And he was most probably up there for about six hours, five hours, seven hours. He was there praying by himself for a long time. He didn't go to sleep the whole night. He just prayed with his father, the Lord his father, his heavenly father. Now, Here's the story. The boat was getting pounded by the waves. Being Galilee there, um, <clears throat> the waves came up. The, the boat was getting tossed around by the waves as these fellows were trying to get to the other side. And the Bible says that in the fourth watch of the night, now I looked that up this morning as I was writing some notes out this morning early, the fourth watch of the night was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So sometime between 3 and 6 a.m., the disciples are here in this boat going up and down like this um, and they looked and they saw someone or something walking on the water. Now, of course, we know who that was, but at the time they didn't know who that was. You know what they said? They said they looked at this person walking on the water and they said, it's a ghost. Or oh, the Bible said it was a spirit. I don't know what a spirit or a ghost looks like, but they said it's a ghost. There's something walking on the water. And they were terrified. They were terrified. Now, it didn't take them long, thankfully, to realise that it was the Lord. 
and it was the Lord Jesus himself walking on the water. You say, how can someone walk on the water? Well, Jesus can do whatever he wants. Jesus made the water. He made the world. He made the universe. So if he wants to, he can walk on water. And that's what he did. Now, what did Peter say? Peter said, Lord, Lord, if it is you, allow me to come to you on the water. Would you have said that? I don't think I would have said that. I would have said, Lord, if it's you, can you please come in the boat here and help us out? We're, we're in a storm. But Peter said, Lord, if it's you, if this is really you, allow me to walk on the water too. Just think of that. I don't know if anyone else would have said that, but that's what Peter said. He said, I want to walk on water too, if this is you. And so guess what? Peter was the second person to walk on water. You say, did he actually walk on top of the... It's exactly what he did. He walked on the water. But you say, that's miraculous. Well, that's what it was. It was a miracle. So here's Peter walking on the water. We know the story. I'm sure you're familiar with the story here. He's walking on the water. And of course, Jesus said to him, you know what Jesus said to Peter? He said, come. Yeah, okay, Peter, we'll, 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 that's fine. I'll let you walk on water. And so he went. Now, of course, I'm sure we all know the, the story. Peter started walking on the water. He was on the water. And then he took his eyes off of Jesus, or off Jesus, not off of Jesus. He took his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink. Because the Bible says that he looked around. Let me see what verses is there. Uh, let me see. Um, verse 30. Yeah, look at verse 29. He, that's Jesus, said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried. Now here's Peter. He had his eyes on Jesus, but then he turned his eyes off Jesus, started looking at the waves. He could most probably see a big... You ever been down the beach and you're swimming around, you know, maybe Park Beach or Gallows or whatever, and all of a sudden you look up and you see this wave coming towards you, a big dumper. Yeah, and you've got to do something. You've got to get down under the waves or duck dive or whatever you're going to do. Well, he, he got his eyes off Jesus and he saw these massive waves coming and he started to sink. Down he was going, and he was sinking. He was no longer walking on water. Now we get to the littlest prayer in the Bible. Again, verse number 30. This is what he said. He cried saying, Lord, you know what he said? Save me. Save me. That's it. Now Peter didn't have time to say, for what we're about to receive, the Lord make us truly thankful. <laughs> Or like my kids, when we used to, uh, when my kids were little, and we used to, uh, one of them would pray, you know, say grace, and, and they would pray for all the missionaries in the world. And, uh, and by the time we got, they got finished praying for the missionaries, the dinner was cold. No, and he didn't have time for that. That wave was coming, and he was scared, and he was sinking. So he just said what came logically. He said, Lord, save me. Save me. Do you think the Lord answered that prayer? Did you think the Lord answered that prayer? Jesus answered that prayer instantly. And immediately, verse 31, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. He caught him. You know, 
Um, we could say a lot about this, but we won't for time's sake. But you know, even it's not just wasn't just Peter. This applies to all of us. If we take our eyes off Jesus and we look at our circumstances, guess what? We will sink and we will get scared and we will get worried. You know, and I was speaking, with, I was speaking to my wife this morning on the way up in the car about you know, anxiousness. And we all get anxious at times. I think the Lord allows us to be tempted. He does. And we are tempted to get anxious. But if some Christians, they just live in a perpetual state of anxiety and fear. And Christians aren't supposed to be that way. But if we get our eyes off Jesus and we look at our circumstances, whatever those circumstances will be or, or are, when we get our eyes off Jesus and look at what's around us, and our problems and whatever we're going through, yes, we will start to sink. We will start to sink in maybe self-pity or we'll start to sink in fear or we'll start to sink in worry. And that's not a way for Christians to live. But that is what happens. Well, you know, we do, we, we forget. We forget that Jesus is in control. And, and as the disciples were about to find out, you know, Jesus controls the weather, he controls the winds, he controls the, way, the waves, uh, he, he made it all and so he is well able to look after us even if we are in the storms of life. But anyway, Peter said this prayer, the smallest, pra shortest prayer in the Bible, save me. Jesus reached out and did, he saved him. And of course then he said to Peter, he said, O thou of little faith, little faith, Wherefore didst thou doubt? Notice that word little again. O thou of little faith. Now this is one little thing that's not good. He said, why did you doubt? You saw me. <laughs> now, this is the, now get this. They just saw him just a few hours before. The night before, he fed 15, 20,000 people with a little lunch. Don't you think that would have been enough? You imagine, you imagine if um, Mrs. Davies here uh, fed, you know, if, 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 if Grafton Racecourse was packed with people and you, and you fed people with a little lunchbox. I mean, that's, pretty good. that's a pretty good miracle. You say, wow, she's, she's some cook to be able to do that. I mean, I've heard of stretching food out, but that's ridiculous. Well, this is what Jesus did, and it was a miracle. But they'd forgotten about that. What, 12 hours or 9 hours later, they'd forgotten all about that. But before we're too hard on Peter and the disciples... You know, we're the same way. We see God's hand in our lives. We see God has done the miraculous for all of his children. And everyone that's saved here this, this morning, you could test, get up and testify how God has answered prayers and looked after us and got us out of this situation and provided for us. And yet so often we go back and we have that little faith. We forget about what God has done. Well, the disciples fell at the feet of Jesus Verse 32, when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased, and they, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him. They fell down before the Lord, saying, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. They learnt their lesson. So what can we learn very quickly from this particular, um, this, this wonderful uh, account in Matthew? Well, obviously, the first one we've already mentioned, we must keep our eyes on Jesus. And when we look at, we were mentioning this last night, if you look around the world today, the world is going crazy, it really is. This world is getting crazier and more and more sinful. It's just a crazy place, the stuff that's going on in the world today. But you know, 
Um, brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Boys and girls, you need to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, how do we find out about him in the Bible? It was wonderful to see what the boys and girls have learnt this year in Sunday school when your teachers have taught you about the Lord Jesus and about what he's done for us. So keep your eyes on Jesus. And then number two, God is pleased only when we have faith. You know, in fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please God without faith. Oh, I think I missed a story there, Mr. Pitcher. It's impossible to please God without faith. We must always trust God on the basis of his word. And then lastly, even the shortest prayer of faith will save a sinner from hell. This man, Peter, said, Lord, save me. There was another fella um, in the Bible. Jesus told, told a parable about a man who was in the, in the temple and uh, the priest, the Jewish priest or the rabbi, was there giving this great prayer. You know, it was long, it was loud. In fact, he said something like this. He said, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that fella over there. But I tithe and I go to church and I do all the religious stuff. You know, you know, you know what Jesus said about him? He prayed with himself. <laughs> he prayed with himself. In fact, his prayers bounced back off the ceiling and hit him in the head. But he said, you look at that fellow down there, he's a publican, he's a sinner. Because we're all sinners. But he said he was a particularly bad sinner. You know what he said? He hit himself on the chest. He said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. It wasn't the shortest prayer in the Bible, but it was one of the shortest. And Jesus said he went to his home justified. You know, even the short prayer of faith will save a sinner. You say, what do we mean the prayer of faith? The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We must never complicate the way of salvation. We must never complicate the gospel. In fact, most people complicate it and, they, and they'll miss heaven because they complicate the gospel. No, the facts of the gospel are that we are sinners. Every one of us is, is a sinner. Jesus, the Son of God, God in human flesh came to earth, lived a perfect life, died as our substitute on the cross. He was buried. He rose again so that we might be saved and he's alive today and he will save all those who will come to him in childlike faith. You just have to humble yourself and can't become as a little child and trust the Lord because that's what pleases him. If you are not a Christian, maybe for one of the mums and dads, grandmas, grandpas, if you are not saved the Bible way, why not just humble yourself and say, yes, I am a sinner and I need Jesus in my life. He is the saviour, I am the sinner. I've got no hope outside of him. And why not today bow your head and from your heart say Lord save me save me from my sins if you call upon the Lord he will save you he will come into your heart he will be your savior he'll make you part of God's family he'll give you a reservation in heaven that's my story for today let's have heads bowed and eyes closed and then I'll head back, uh, hand back to, uh, to Darren Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful story in the Bible. And I pray, Lord, that we'll learn the lessons from that. But dear Lord, I pray, especially if there's a boy or girl or a mum or a dad, 
or a grandma or a grandpa that is not saved, they don't know that Jesus is their saviour, dear Lord, before this day is out, may they bow before you and from their heart say, Lord, save me. You're a wonderful saviour and you'll save all those that come to you in faith. Bless the remainder of the meeting, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.